Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Monday. It is uh, October 9th. Hope you guys had a great weekend as we head into this week where maybe towards the end of the week, we've got some uh, big names reporting. And we'll talk about that and more when Dave joins us in just a few seconds. Hey, before we do that, though, let's not forget that uh, in the world we live, there are very few things that you and I can control. Uh, you know, what's happening in Israel right now, we have no control. What's happening in Washington, D.C., seems like we have no control. However, you can take control of your portfolio by controlling the amount of risk you have in that portfolio. You need to know a couple of things. One, you need to know what risk you currently have in your portfolio. Second, you need to know how much risk you should have in your portfolio to make sure those two things line up properly. If not, that could be a problem as you head closer and closer to retirement. Give us a call at 863-382-0037. Schedule your core retirement analysis. With that, we've got Dave coming up next. Gordon, you too there. Me too. I'm here. I'm Dave. It's 841 now, 19 before 9. Time to check in on your money and see what's going on on Wall Street this morning. A whole bunch of external factors affected it over the weekend. Let's get down and go through the listing of all the things that are uh, messing with your retirement accounts this morning. Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services is on the line. Morning, Philip. I bet uh, the Seminole fans are happy this morning. You guys are up to number four in the country this week. Yeah, yeah, that was a good uh, good thing this weekend uh, to uh, to watch the game and and, and it be a decisive victory instead of one of those nail biters, you know. Oh yeah, and then that, Texas getting upset didn't hurt a bit. So the Knolls go up to number four in the country this week. If the season ended today, they'd be in the tr- they'd be in the playoffs yes. securely as a Final Four. Yeah, we still got a long ways to go before that happens. And uh, oh yeah, and, I'm know, still hoping my Badgers can pull it out. They got some votes anyway in the top 25 this time. They didn't make it, but at the very least, there were votes. Uh, setting up Wall Street here, it turned out to be a positive day on Friday. I was reading junk in the trades as uh, we went through the day after we had that barn burner job report that got everybody worried about uh, the Fed raising interest rates again. You dug down into the thing, and like over half of those 300-some-odd thousand jobs they reported uh, having gained last month were just part-time jobs, the unemployment rate held steady, and a bunch of the other jobs they created were government jobs, which uh, are in some jeopardy given budget necessities in Washington. All of a sudden, everybody looked at it and said, well, maybe this does indicate the job market is tightening, even though that gross number was great for political, political propaganda purposes, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And let's face it, Friday, the, the markets really had a pretty good day, even yeah. with all that uh, deciphering through there. You know, the, um, the the NASDAQ really, you know, 1.6%, $211, a nice, nice jump there with the S&P 500 up almost 1.2%, up over $50. And the, the, the Dow Jones, it was kind of the the lackluster one up about nine tenths of a percent at $288. So it was a good day on Friday, especially after, uh, after Thursday. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but unfortunately, you know, the Knowles had a good weekend, but, uh, but there was some other stuff globally that happened this weekend that are putting a lot of pressure on the markets today. And boy, oh 
oh boy, did it make a change. After a green ending on Friday, then Hamas started lobbing scuds at Israel, and uh, I've got no charitable way to put it. Basically, all hell broke loose in the Middle East, and uh, now we're looking at it and saying, oh, all that uncertainty financially always uh, gloms out of world events down the line, and folks have been nervous all weekend with the futures market. It's going to show when we get to that. Add that to the fact that we're still concerned about whether or not the Federal Reserve is going to do anything at their November meeting. I got quotes from two different Fed presidents that they're going to have at least a voice in the Open Market Committee meeting coming up on November. The San Francisco Fed president says, yeah, we should uh, just hold steady one more month. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. And then the uh, one of the other Fed governors, Michelle Bowman, said, no, we need to continue to whack the economy on the kneecaps and keep raising interest rates. And something you and I have always preached, uh, Wall Street can handle uh, bad news. They can handle good news, obviously. But the one thing they can't handle and they don't like is uncertainty. And we've got that in spades right now between world events and what's going to happen to our uh, fiscal uh, what's going to happen to our monetary policy in this country. Yeah, you're right. There is a lot of uncertainty right now, especially with what happened this weekend. Um, you know, so that's not making the markets really happy this morning, Dave. A lot of red ink. Absolutely. I'm kind of guessing it's going to be a relatively light volume day today. I've been referring to Columbus Day as a half a holiday, and Wall Street's probably the poster child for that. The stock markets are going to be open, but the bond markets are going to be closed today, which means uh, shuffling money back and forth for the big traders that throw gobs of money around all at once. They can only go one direction because the bond market's closed. That, I would assume, would probably result in a relatively low-volume day today, wouldn't you expect? I'm, I would think so. Um, you know, there could be some selling out there, you know, into cash. Uh, that's a possibility. Um, but you're right. They can't go into the bond market because it's not really open today. Uh, but they could be setting themselves up for tomorrow. Yeah, it could be, which uh, probably is a little bit too bad because you made note of something before we went on the air. We're looking at the 30-year bond uh, yield in this country bumping its schnoz past 5%. That's almost Im- that, that that's almost unfathomable compared to where we were just about a year ago today, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, we're at 4.97% on the 30-year Treasury. I mean, that's just crazy numbers. And you think that's the number that a lot of mortgages are really tied to is that 30-year note. And so if it goes up, that means mortgage rates are heading up too. And I would suspect that we'll see 8% really close. I was going to say seven and three quarters was where I was seeing a dominant uh, mortgage rate being just a week ago. And now that we're looking at an increase on the yield, some of it being a uh, flight to safety, uh, it's going to end up giving us a little bit of little, little bit of a challenge as far as the housing figures when we get them out later on this month. On the other side of the fence, one of the big banks, Bank of America, their analysts say they don't see a housing crash, anything like 2008 on the horizon. It's going to be a leveling out process because when you got to buy a home, you got to buy a home. You swallow real hard and take the higher rates. They don't see a crash like 08 happening, and I guess we can take some solace in that fact. Well, yeah, I think we'll just see a slowdown, right? That we'll see that leveling off, like they said, because uh, only the people that actually have to buy a house are going to buy a house, right? During during the upswing, you had people selling just to sell, and then would go find something else. Um, I think that luxury is is going to be out of the market right now. Uh, but but you'll see some leveling off. People are going to be moving from place to place, and they're still going to have to find a new home. 
and in, a, and in an employment market that is still healthy, even though it wasn't quite as barn burner as the Friday figures would indicate. The employment market is healthy enough. There are still job shifts going on, people improving themselves, taking advantage of a hot employment market. There's going to be some sifting, winnowing, and moving. Folks saying, okay, fine, I'll swallow this rate, and then when it goes back down, I'll refinance. Well, that's right. And some of the mortgage companies are really being pretty intelligent here because they are actually promoting that. Hey, look, we'll build in a refi for you. And, and that's kind of a, a, nice, uh, a nice factor if you can get that built into your mortgage. I haven't heard that, but that is a heck of a good idea. Get an automatic refi and uh, build the closing cost into a refi when the rates go back down, right? Exactly. I'll take that happily. Obviously, Monday is going to be a slow day with half the financial markets closed uh, for the bond side of the fence. Uh, nobody's really doing a lot with the federal government closed. So there's no data dump out of there. But this week is going to be a really big week. We start earnings season out with an odd stock to start earnings season out with. Pepsi's going to be our first uh, reporter for the earnings season tomorrow. But we've got a bunch of economic data coming out later on in the week, and uh, the floodgates will open by Friday with the financials. We've got the producer price index inflation coming out on Wednesday. We're going to have a consumer price index number on Thursday. And then uh, by Friday, the banks will start reporting. And, boy, are you going to have a lot to talk about then, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. That'll be the day that uh, <clears throat> everything hits uh, in terms of the banking and the financial industry. So we'll have a lot of earnings to discuss on uh, on Friday. And uh, up until we get there, we, we'll have a lot of economic news to talk about every day. Oh, yeah, they're going to keep us busy. Like I said, I was kind of surprised when Pepsi became the lead stock as far as earnings season is concerned. There was always that old custom when Alcoa was in the Dow 30. Alcoa was always the first stock to come out, and then you knew the flood was about to begin. That little courtesy went away, and nobody's really taken that custom over yet. Yeah, yeah you're right. There's no exact stock that you know is going to come out first every every quarter. It's almost enough to make you cheer for Alcoa. I like predictability in the world. <laughs> Talking about what we're doing for today, we've got a whole mixed bag of world events that are making the stock markets extremely nervous. Weird bond yields and the fact that the bond market themselves are actually closed after a pretty good resulting day on Friday. 45 minutes before the equity markets open this morning. What are we looking at? You know, a lot of red ink, Dave. we got a lot of red ink. We've got the Dow down. Um, a little over a half a percent, $181. S&P 500 is down a little over six tenths, $27. And NASDAQ 100 is down three quarters of a percent. That's about $113. Uh, big loser right now is the Russell 2000 down a little over almost 1.1%, $18. On the other side of the coin, we are seeing a little bit of green ink on the silver market up uh, almost two tenths of a percent. Uh, gold is up almost nine tenths of a percent. And then the Unfortunate one, crude oil, taking a big jump this morning, up almost 4% this morning. That's $3.25 a barrel to $86.04 right now. It's still staying in the manageable levels, but uh, gosh, what a surprise. We start throwing rockets at each other in the Middle East and the crude oil prices go up, right? Well, yeah, and I saw a blurb, a couple of headlines say, you know, that some folks expect uh, that it could, could spike to $150 a barrel. Yeah, if, put it this way, if the uh, RUD comes out uh, confirmed that Iran had a big piece of that uh, of that Hamas incursion, I got a sneaking hunch we'll get that hundred and fifty dollar barrel oil in a heartbeat because they've got a lot of it in the ground over there, don't they? 
Yeah, they, they really do. So that, that could be an issue. Absolutely. Looking across the pond, the Asian rim market's relatively quiet, mostly up at the close at 6 a.m. this morning. Uh, the Shanghai uh, mainland market in China was the only outlier. It was down by almost half a percent after having been closed for a good chunk of last week. The uh, European markets, for the most part, I got red ink following our futures. They aren't overly happy. The overall index in the European market is down by, oh, about a tenth of a percent halfway through their trading day. Uh, this just kind of proves on poster child basis, even when you think you know what you're doing, something could blow up halfway across the world and mess up your retirement plans if you got too much risk in it. How do I find you to get that risk out of my retirement efforts, Philip? Then give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement analysis, where we'll walk through the amount of risk you have in your current portfolio and make sure that it lines up with the amount of risk you should have as you hit closer and closer to retirement. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM. And you and me together again tomorrow morning, first thing here on Light FM. I'll see you then, Philip. All right, man. You have a great day. Thank you, sir. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services, Philip Statler. Folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope uh, you had a great weekend, and I hope your day gets off to a good start. Until uh, tomorrow, have a great day. Bye now.